And that is topic of what's lit for the Hanukkah candles. What can be lit? What what one uses the oil? What can one uses the wicks? Now, even though most people, it's not much of a halacha, the nice shayla because everyone just goes and buys a bottle of oil, and therefore they eat it with that. But if you look at the halacha, firstly we'll see a number of interesting, a number of interesting uh, points in the halacha, and there's also a certain lambdas to the halacha which I'd like to, I'd like to explain. So firstly, we know the Gemara already says in Shabbos that anything, any oil can be used for Adlakas Nechanaka, which means even though we have the Mishnahis of Bamehmed Likin, those oils which can't be used for Shabbos, that's specifically for Shabbos, and the reason is because since they don't burn well, a person might be tempted to adjust uh, the wick or the change the, the way that it's, the, it's positioned in order to help it burn better which on Shabbos would be a problem. On Hanukkah, that's not a problem. The Gemara says, since a person can't make use of the lights of Hanukkah anyway, it's also the Shtamish for him. So I'm not going to try and change it so that it should provide more light, as long as it's lit, it's okay. Even Shabbos Hanukkah. And therefore that's the case, right? Even on Shabbos Hanukkah, the Hanukkah menorah isn't something a person's likely to change, he's not going to adjust it. And therefore any kind of oil and any kind of wick is okay for the menorah. Won't he be afraid if it goes out that he won't help any outside? And since the halacha is that if it, if it goes out, which means that if it goes out, a person doesn't have to relight it. So then he's done, he's lit his menorah and he leaves it alone. <coughs> now, for sure, in Eretz Yisrael, both in the time of the Mishnah and until today, when the halacha was that the main point of lighting the menorah is for the passerby in the street. It's for the Pesurinus that you're doing for people who see the menorah outside. So then the truth is, once a person's lit the menorah, he can leave it outside and go back into his home and he doesn't really pay attention to it anymore. One doesn't have to sit and observe it. It's only in Chutzlaret where, as we know, that uh, already the Gemara says it was a shas sakana. It was dangerous to the menorahs outside. Therefore, they used to light inside the house. And if you're lighting inside the house, so then who's the presumed nisa uh, directed towards? It has to be people in the house. And therefore, it has to be the people in the house are going to sit and watch the menorah for half an hour because that way somebody is ba- benefiting, is gaining from the presumed nisa. But if it's going to be at, but in the original Takana, and that is a person's lighting for the for the benefit of the people who are passing by in the street, then he himself doesn't have to be there. The Brisimilis is being done for other people. And therefore he's not going to be there to adjust the flame or to change the flame. And therefore once the menorah is lit, and there's no reason why it should go out, you can leave the menorah alone, and then go right back to Seda. And then spend half an hour watching the outside in the street. Okay, so that's the Din of the Gemara, which was passed in the Shulchan Aruch. But in Chutzarts, where you light in the house, you have to spend half an hour by it? Someone has to spend half an hour by it, because someone has to see the nurse. Preferably not the person who lit, because he's by lighting, has been in the nest, is publicizing the nest to other people. And therefore, there should be somebody besides him in the house who's going to benefit from the nurse. Who's going to benefit from the nurse. That's... Uh, so, like, we had a question in, in Chutzarts. The Ramah. And the Ramah says, but it's a mitzvah. Mina Mufchar, the preferable way to do the mitzvah is with Shem and Zayis. Uh, the Shem and Zayis with olive oil. And why is Shem and Zayis uh, the best option? So we know because the point of the Hanukkah is as a reminder of the nace which was done in the Beis Amikdash, with the menorah of the Beis Amikdash. And in the Beis Amikdash, they used olive oil. And if that's the case, there's a preference to using olive oil because that's more. <coughs> Zeichel and Nes. It's closer to the original miracle that there was in the Vesemikdash. Right, and I think the perfect is
Little Shabbos, we said that a lot of oil is a matter because it's a cleaner flame. It's a more zach, it's more nahi. But uh, here we have another reason as well. And therefore, the because that was what was used to do the nais with. And therefore, there's more of a pristomi nais, or there's more of a zecher for the nais by using what was originally um, used for the nais. Now, if that's the case, so then it's not as black and white as saying that olive oil was used for the nais. One can use olive oil for the menorah. Because, as we know, there are different, uh, different grades of olive oil. The missionary Menachos talks about this. This is called Rishon Shabarishon, Rishon Shabashani, Rishon Shabashlishi. There are different grades of olive oil, and not all of them are kosher for the menorah. <laughs> so I want to digress for a moment. Not any oil is kosher. For the menorah of Esamekdash. Uh, not every uh, olive oil is kosher <coughs> for the menorah of Esamekdash. And therefore, let's digress a minute to talk about how olive oil is produced. And then we can discuss what oil was used for the, the base of Mikdash. And therefore, if a person wants to do the Hidur Mitzvah of using oil which could have been used in the base of Mikdash, what's the comparative name that that oil is today? What's, what name is it marketed by? So then we're doing the Mitzvah in the Obviously, this is only as a Hidur. If a person wants to, you can use wax, you can use paraffin, you can use any cooking oil. It's all good. It's all hakasha, but it's not the Hidur. So... The way the olives, and it's already the Mishnah says, the Menachos, nothing's changed since the time of the Mishnah has until today. Olives, when they're picked off the tree, are very hard. If you squeeze an olive, you're going to get a few drops out of it, but not much more than that. They're not soft and juicy like an orange or like a lemon. They're a hard fruit. And therefore, squeezing it when it's, when it's just ripened on the tree, you'll get a few drops of oil, that's all. So therefore, the way that they produce olive oil is that they take the olives, they squeeze them, or they get the, whatever oil they can get like that, and then they put them in these big kind of sacks, for a few days, and then the heat of the olives in the sun, like it makes a sort of like a wet, moist atmosphere, and that softens the olives. And now, after having been kept in the sun in a closed bag for a number of days, the olives become that much softer. Now, if you squeeze them a second time, you're going to get more olive oil. So that's the second stage. This is the first stage, which is to squeeze the olives as soon as they come off the tree. The second stage is when they squeeze the olives after they've been heated, and therefore they've, they've, they've been softened, and therefore you're going to get more out of it. The third stage is then, whatever's left after they squeeze it the second time, they put it into a grinder, and they grind it into a pulp, and then it becomes a liquid. Uh, and that's a, that, so it's a liquid, technically it has a lot of oil in it, but also has a lot of oils, uh, olive sediment. Um, if you ever see that kind of olive oil, you'll see that the top part is like a yellowish color, of the oil, and there's a thick green layer at the bottom, which is some cr- gr- the what's remains of the pulp of the oil which they've crushed. That's the third level. Do you filter it out? Depends, not necessarily, not necessarily. And then the fourth level of olive oil is when they take the stalks or the seeds, which are too hard to crush, and they put it into acid, and the acid eventually breaks it down, and they call it olive oil too, because it's nice that it's using parts of olives. But it's uh, not something which can be eaten because it's too high in acidity and it's not healthy to eat. And that's what they call, or you'll see, Shemizais Lema'ar, or Shemizais Lola Achila. Not for consumption because it's dangerous to eat that. Those are the four steps of the kinds of ways that they can market olive oil. Now, the missionary talks about the first three. The missionary talks about the first one, which is what he calls Rishon Shibarishon. The first drops you can squeeze at the beginning. Then there's afterwards the shiny separation, which is when they put them into the bags and they heat them up, and then they squeeze the second time. And the third one is when they grind when they grind the olives. And the Mishnah says the only one which is kosher the menorah is rishon shabirishon, which means only the first few drops which are squeezed out of the olives when they still 
before they've been heated up, before they come, it's been done to them, that's what's called Shlomanaya. And the reason is because the Pasuk says, you want Shemin Zayzach. You want pure olive oil. And of course, at that stage, the olive oil is still pure. Because you're not getting any parts of the olive fruit in the oil. But the second stage, but the second stage when it's already broken down the fruit, so you're going to get a certain amount of the broken down fruit in the olive too. And by the third stage, when it's half fruit, then you're just grinding the fruit up. So the only one which is kosher for the menorah is the first stage, Shemin Zayasach. Now, how's that marketed today? So, it's interesting enough that there are actually laws about how they have to label olive oil based on which level of oil it is. So, the first level, the one which is just pure olive oil as soon as it's squeezed, in Hebrew, here it's marketed as Kvishah Kara, sometimes translated in English as cold press. Exactly what that is. They press it when it's cold. So it's cold press olive oil. In Europe and in America, it's called extra virgin. Oh, that's, that's extra virgin olive oil is the first step of olive oil. Oh. Okay, so that's the same thing, and that's what's called luminary. The second stage is called pure olive oil. Pure olive oil. But, because it is pure olive oil, but it's not extra virgin, it's not cold press, which means they've heated it up and then they've squeezed it a second time. So they're still called pure olive oil, but it's not the one which is called luminary. The extra version of something is the most expensive? Yes, for sure. Uh, the third level, whether well, they just call olive oil, Shemin Zayt, normally they sell it in green bottles. And the reason they do that is that you can't see that some of it's oil and some of it's green pulp. But the uh, Mesa, if you see it in a clear bottle, you'll see the difference between the colors. What do they call that one, the third one? Olive oil. Olive oil. And then the fourth one is what they call in this country Shemin Zayt Lemoar, which is uh, olive oil for burning, or Shemizah's Lola Achila, is a big son, don't eat it, that's because it's acidic. It's in America, they call it lamp oil. But uh, either way around, that's, uh, even though that's that the, the cheapest, they can make, that's not olive, that's paraffin. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. but uh, they, they have they have an olive oil color, but it's not, a, it's not it's not even pure olive oil, it's a mixture of other things too, various <coughs> acids. Either way around, even though that's the cheapest option, the it's if you're looking for cheap, you may as well buy candles. There's no maila of olive oil which wasn't kosher for the menorah. The maila of olive oil which is brought by Hanukkah is that it was what could be used in the menorah. And if, if one wants to achieve that, so then the best, the one which is the which is the most mahuda and the most similar to what was used in the menorah was the first level, what you call cold press or extra virgin olive oil. And it's not just a remnant to use olive oil? No, the remnant brings that as a it's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah, it's a mitzvah. No, it's a as oil of the nerve. But the question they ask is today, they to make things much easier for people, a lot of companies, what they make is what they call Shemin Zeiss Mukshe, which is hardened olive oil. So instead of being a liquid, they have these glass cups with a, like a kind of a gel-like substance, which is olive oil, which is heated basically, and it's that it doesn't spill. It's like something which is more or less solid. The thing is, when you light it, then it goes back to being a liquid again. So the question is, of course, it's kosher for it's kosher for lighting. Any, anything which burns is kosher for lighting. But it does have the header of olive oil because it's not they couldn't use it in the base of mikdash. Why can't use it in the base of mikdash? Because the din of of, of things in the base of mikdash is something which is korosh, which is hardened, no longer has a din of a mashka of a liquid, and therefore it might lose its status as something which was meant as the original oil to be used um, for the menorah. Does Rav know how they harden it? Doing it through make like some kind of heating which makes it like into a gel-like substance. So then there are those boys, uh, such as the Shevet Alevi who hold it still kosher, 
because it's still the original olive oil, so it's still the same header. But if they're adding it, other substances which are going to change it, so then it makes it possible already. It's not pure olive oil anymore. Possible, I don't mean that it's not kosher, it's not as mahudra as it would be otherwise. That's the that's the dinner of the olive oil uh, which has hardened. Now, there's another, that, that's a header. The postcard asks the question what's going to be the din of olive oil which is you can't eat? Olive oil you can't eat? Is there a problem nighting olive oil which is inedible for manure? Why would the olive oil be inedible? So, the best example they give is uh, olive oil, and this is brought in the postcard already, that the Mishabur talks about it, that you find a mouse in olive oil. Uh, so the dinner of a mouse and olive oil, so it's something which a person won't eat because maybe it's belay time for the mouse, whatever it is, but can still use the oil for Nir Hanukkah. Can still use the oil for Nir Hanukkah. So the Mishnah the Paskins, that it's, it's you can't use for Nir Hanukkah, and the reason is because it's moss. It's something which is disgusting, a person will eat it himself, and therefore there's a general rule that something which is disgusting to you, you can't use for a mitzvah. You can't use for a mitzvah. Um, which means even though Be'etzim, a person isn't meant to get Hanor, isn't allowed to get Hanor from Neres Chadukha, but the, the fact that it's uh, something which is off-putting, and you always ask of him to get Hanor from, so then um, he can't use it for the mitzvah either. That's one example. The second example they talk about of something which a person can't eat is an olive oil which he left under his bed. We know that food left under the bed gets a Ruach Ra, and therefore it's something you're not meant to eat afterwards. If that's the case, uh, it does a food which have a ruach ra um, become something like oil, let's say, which has a ruach ra become something which you can't learn after there is Hanukkah. So Vyashiv said, in the case of the mouse which fell into the oil, he said the problem was that it's of putting its mouse, it's disgusting to us, not the fact that it's also. So we see that the fact that a person can't eat it isn't a problem with Neres Hanukkah, the problem is it's something which is of putting. And therefore, there's nothing off putting about a, a bottle of oil under the bed. The fact that it's a ruach ra is, a, is a, some spiritual reason why one can't eat it, but it doesn't mean a person can't use it for there is Hanukkah. And therefore, you're actually fasting that a person is allowed to use olive oil which left under his bed for Ner Hanukkah. Um, a third thing they talk about, a third thing they talk about, and that is that uh, I, I got, so you want to cheat it, there are others for him, like the Benishchai, like I said, it's awesome. The Ben Shai says the oil on the bed has a rachra, and therefore the same reason, since I can't eat it myself, I can't eat it from the Chanukah either. So the Chanukah will be a difference between the shittas, um, uh, the Sfari Paskin, the Kafechaim, and the Ben Shai are asterisks. Like I said, Rabbi Yashif is matrit. Um, and now, explain it. We said that a person can use anything. You can use paraffin, you can use wax, uh, you can use uh, anything to, or gas to light the Chanukah if he wants to. Even though those things aren't edible, because there's nothing wrong with them. They, they, they never were an edible substance to start with. Whereas here you have olive oil, which something made it osir, so maybe that's more of a problem. That's something which made it, now it's osir for me to eat. Not that it's not technically inedible, but it's the isir to eat it, so maybe now I can't use it for a mitzvah either. Lard? Sorry? Lard? Uh, oh, talk about that. Sorry? Well, like you're the shirts I found, sorry. It's, it's, it's not Oster, just to me. Uh, it's a shayla. It uh, could be it's Oster. Depends if it's Blias and depends if it's a dinner balta shak. So there, there are, it's started oh, oh, One, There's one more point which people oh, ask. There's one more point which people ask. But this is more of a, uh, it's a more of a mistake than a shayla. And that is, you know, that in certain liquids, which if they're left open, 
then there's a there's a shot of drinking them, what do you call kilui, uh, but because uh, of snakes, there are other reasons it might be. Uh, but and then they have to ask what would be the din of oil which was left open. But the question is a mistake because the din of gilui doesn't apply to oil. Sounds well known, but the shachnach when he brings the din of gilui, when he brings the din of gilui, he says there's no problem with gilui and oil. Why? He's worried about we don't find that. They're worried about water. They're worried about milk. They're worried about wine. That's can you understand something? So far we've spoken about so far we've spoken about um, using different kinds of oils. Again, the lachatchila we spoke about, but he added any other oil works too. Now let's talk about the next question, and that is of oils. So there are a few more oils we should talk about. The first one very negative this year is shemen truma. The, all the olives which are harvested, we've harvested now in the summer were all truma olives. I mean, sorry, shviz. Shemen shviz. All the olives which are harvested are shviz. Okay, shviz. So they can squeeze into olive oil because they, that's the way to eat olives. No one eats pretty much. Uh, there isn't, no one, there isn't such a market for eating olives as is oil. So they're allowed to squeeze them into olive oil. But that olive oil is klisha shviz. And now the question is, can you use klisha shviz to write them in there? And the answer is categorically no. <laughs> so the, no. No, you're not allowed to use shviz for the menorah. And the reason is, is because even though you are allowed to use shviz oil for Shabbos candles, for example, really? you are, you're going to a lot of poiskim, you are, but not for the menorah. And the reason is because you have to get handle from shviz. And the Shabbos candles, you can handle from. That's the point of them. Whereas the Afrika Hanukkah candles, it's also to get handle from the Hanukkah candles. And therefore, you can't use shemesh vizot because then you're using it in a way which you can't get handle from it. Um, what about when you're talking about shemesh trumah? And we're going to talk about shemesh trumah b'zman azeh, so then it's shemesh trumah tzmeh. So normally we say a kohen today is allowed to use shemesh trumah tzmeh for Shabbos candles or some to burn if he needs light. You know, a kohen can't eat. Yeah, a kohen can't eat trumah tzmeh today because he's tamay and maybe he's a suffolk if he's a kohen. But to burn trimmer isn't the same chomer, and therefore, even if it's time, you can burn the trimmer, and therefore, there are kohenim who take it for their Shabbos candles every year. They use shemen trimmer. Where do they get Every time they make olive oil, it's Israel, where it's not shviz, they have to separate trimmer. So they have to use it for something. So the shayda is, what's the din of, what's the din of using it for a menorah? Um, so this is a big machlokus. It's a big machlokus for the same reason, and that is, a coin is allowed to use trimmer, but it has to be something he gets handle from. And if that's the case, you have the same problem with their Hanukkah, because since you can't get handle from them, so is a coin allowed to use shemen trimmer um, for uh, in a case where you're not getting handle from where from the, from the from the oil? Was that a problem that you're wasting trimmer for nothing? Um, okay, it's a it's a big machlokus like in the first game. The two start into that. That you don't just burn trimmer. As that's as far as the oil goes. Now let's talk about the wicks. And that is, um, firstly, uh, there's an interesting Stechemet uh, that asks, what's the din if a person would light Hanukkah candles without wicks? Is that the wick? Is, you can't light oil, but we'll have to find a case where it's showing you. I'll tell you the case in a moment. Do you have to have a wick, or is the wick just a hechi timti to light oil? And if I have a way to get whatever the fuel is a light without a wick, then it'll be it. And the obvious uh, practical applications today, and they do this lamaze at the coastal, is to light gas. If you have, let's say, a menorah with gas jets, and I just light the gas, I don't need a wick, because the gas itself catches and it burns, and then it'll, if, so if I have a gas menorah, and then. At the coastal? Yeah. And the side, not the main one, the light, so but the side one, the gas. Gas burns. Gas, I use gas, 
and it just comes and builds it into a menorah. So I just let the switches. No, but birds. I don't have to use oil. I can use something else which burns. But the question is, can I use something which burns which without a wick? Well, the opposite, can you just use a wick and no fuel? A wick and no fuel is like, like can, you burn a, can you burn a piece of wood. Pashas is, no. Pashas is, that's not, a, that's not a candle, it's not a nair, that's like a fire. We need something which is a nair. But th- that means you're burning a, a, a fuel as not as a, the thing itself is burning. Um, that, uh, the, but, uh, um, a wick without fuel. A wick without fuel, so if wasn't so quick to imagine here, but the Snechemeter, he talks about the other way around, fuel without a wick, and he says that, he thinks he gets it, the wick is a hechitimti just to get the fuel to burn, if you have a way to do it without that, you can be a tzitzit. And now this brings us to a very, very interesting halakha question. Um, and that is, if a person, let's say, is like every mitzvah, a person has his menorah, he has his wicks, he has his oil, and he's intending to light the menorah. So he gets everything ready, and he makes the bracha, and now let's say he realizes that for some reason the oil that he has is he can't use, or trees for example, and then he has to go and get new oil. So what's that racha? He's going to have to go and get new oil, and then he's going to make the bracha again. Because the birkas mitzvah, the real birkas mitzvah always is, that a person's not making a bracha on the mitzvah conceptually, he's making it on the thing in front of him he's going to do the mitzvah with. And if I can't do the mitzvah with this thing, this object, I have to go get a new object for the mitzvah, I'm going to have to make the bracha again. And that's why, for example, it was in Rosh Hashanah. That if the Baltakeh has the shofar and he made a mitzvah, a brach on the mitzvah, uh, and then he can't blow that shofar, he has to go find a different shofar, he has to make the bracha a second time. Because the bracha was chal on the chafzah, which was here. And if you want to go get a different one now, the person said the bracha on sukkah, slab, and then he drops the esrog, and he has to go find a new esrog, he has to make the bracha again. Okay, so therefore, the same thing over here. If a person, after having got them there already, realizes he can't use the oil, and then if he has to go and find new oil, then he has to make a new bracha. The question is, and this happens sometimes, I should just as a side, uh, warn the oilam, that there's this, uh, these people who market wicks for Hanukkah, which they sell natural fiber wicks, and therefore some more, I think it's a big header in natural wool fibers, natural cotton fiber, whatever it is, wicks. Um, I don't know what the header is exactly, but they don't burn very well. And therefore if a person that has his, everything's ready, and he makes the bracha, and then he tries that, and the wicks don't burn. It's nice to go find new wicks. Does a person have to repeat the bracha too? In other words, what's the chefta of the mitzvah? Is the chefta of the mitzvah the oil? And therefore, if I have to find new oil, I have to repeat it because the mitzvah is not here. Or is the chefta of the mitzvah the oil and the wick? And therefore, if I have to find new wicks, we'll have to say new bracha. Do I say the wick is just the way to get the oil to burn? But my oil was here, so I had the master mitzvah here. Or do I say if I have to replace the wicks, I'm going to have to repeat the bracha again? It's interesting, we didn't find any of the... This actually was a shine of the one year. We looked it up, we didn't find anybody who speaks about it. Anybody. But what we did find something similar is the Mishaburah is talking about Tefillin. And the Mishaburah says if a person makes the brach on the Tefillin, Shalyad. And then he pulls the Tefillin and the snack and the Ritzur snaps. So now he has to go get a new Ritzur. Says the Mishaburah, he doesn't have to make the brach again. Because since the brach is on the bias, which is the Tefillin, and the Ritzur is just the Hechitimti to attach it to my arm, so the Ikechaft of the Mitzvah is here. And then even though even I had to go find a new Ritzur, that's, that's just the Ritzur to do the Mitzur. And even though the Ritzur is Ma'akev, but the 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 Ma'akev, but the
It's not just the echi timti to the mitzvah. The the cheft of the mitzvah is the shayfa. My shayfa and the tefillin, the bias is the mitzvah. Now I just have to wait to strap it to my arm. And if that's the case, so the chara would say the same thing would apply to the wicks and the manure. Which means the ikha cheft is, is to be that the nerus, which is the oil. The wick is just acting as the echi timti. And therefore, like we saw, the shayfa should be the whole. The hidden wick. What's it called? As the ikamitz the pashas is the oil, uh-huh. and the wick is just the echitimsi in order to, to make the oil burn. So then, now for some reason, you hardly even need a wick if you can get to burn without that. So in the case like that, so then maybe I'd say without saying another bracha. Now, so what's the hidden in the wick? What's the hidden in the wick? The hidden in the wick is like we saw by Shabbos, wicks which burn well, which means something which carries up the oil smoothly, it doesn't flicker, and it has a proper flame, and therefore that's the best wick to get. As I'm saying again. Natural fibers don't always do a good job. Sometimes they aren't the best ways to, to, to suck oil and therefore they don't give a proper flame. A wick which is a good wick is a wick which, uh, which provides a steady, a strong flame. Um, that's done. People can see the there is better also, is also a minor that. He brings from a person is madly with oil, with, with a psilla, with a wick, which is covered with the wax. He says, even though in Shah Sadaka, He's announcing the wick which is look out with wax. It's dinus kamadik shem and zais. The halacha is it's called like is that not olive oil? Because the psil is just the hechetimsi for the wick to get to the oil. So it was considered one halacha, and therefore it's considered like is that in the shem and zais. Like bottle like oil. Right. You bring the, you can use the, the left oil. of oil you can use for only for halachas neiros because now it was mukta for the mitzvah of nighting with, and therefore I can use it um, for another night of halachas neiros. But I can't use anything else. So whatever's left over at the end of Hanukkah, that's why he brings the person's meant to uh, to burn it, or because it's it's now meant for a mitzvah. It can't be used for anything else. If you want to clean your cups, mitzvah. It's better not to throw it out as a derech design. If you can't use it for anything else, which is why the Indian of burning the Moshe Rishmanim, whatever's left, that it shouldn't be the design. Uh, but uh, if once one wants to use it for another derech Hanukkah, then one can. Just here's a very interesting question. And that is, there's a, as Kiyadur, there's a three-way of Machlokas in the Poiskim. Um, when you come to the Menorah, where are you meant to start from and where are you meant to move to? So, for example, on the first one, I'm meant to start on the right, and the second side, move left, and then start with the new one and go that way. Or I'm meant to start with the right and keep with the first one and move that way. Or Bechal, I'm meant to start on the left. And then everything reverses itself. And then either I'm meant to start with the new one and go to the side, or I'm meant to start with the, new one, the, the old one and go backwards, or the new one and go forwards. It's a big Machlokas. What's interesting is, it's the post who holds that I light the new candle first. Which means if my first candle is this at the far right, and the second night I'm lighting the two candles, and I start lighting the new candle first, so then the post can say, if I want to reuse the oil which is left in the candle from the first night, I'm going to have to switch the cups around. And the reason is, is because the ikka light, the, the first light I light is the ikka mitzvah. And therefore this oil was used for an ikka mitzvah. Because on the first night I was only lighting one. So this is the oil used for the ikka mitzvah. And now, if I'm going, this is going to be just the hidr, because I'm using it as the second one I'm lighting, and I'll do it to the first, the mitzvah, the ikka mitzvah, with the first cup, so that I'm downgrading that oil. If that's okay, so if I want to start with new oil, that's fine. If I want, if my minag is always to start with the same cup anyway, that's also fine. But if my minag is to start with a different coast, then I want to use the other oil, then I'll have to turn the coasts around, so that the mitzvah, the, the oil which had been meant for the, 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 the first nair, which is the ikka mitzvah, is still getting that uh, distinction. And to burn the oil after, let's say, to burn the oil after. And this is, uh, finish with this, 
And that is, Kiyudu, the Shulchan Aruch says that the amount of oil that a person has to put in the Kosas is the amount that will burn for half an hour. That's the Shia of Hadakas Neris, the Shia of Pisamenisa. Kiyudu, everyone knows also that it comes to the Shabbos, a person has to put in more oil because it has to be half an hour from the time of Hadakas Neris, which is from Shkia or just after Shkia, depending on when a person lights. And the Shabbos is running earlier than that, so it has to be longer. And therefore, if a person is using wax candles, so then they're going to have to use longer wax candles, which means, and this is an important point, those cheap colored candles, which all the children use, um, you can't have to make a bracha on it on Erev Shabbos. Because even if on a normal night, it'll burn, it's, it's time to burn for half an hour in optimal conditions, which means there's no wind or anything, it'll burn for half an hour. Okay, so then they can make a bracha, because they're lighting it already when it's time to light, and half an hour is a shiad locker. But if they're lighting on Erev Shabbos, it's going to go out before Shabbos comes in. Because you need half an hour after Shkia. And it's not going to last off, not Shkia. In which case, you can't make a bracha on it. Because, it's, sorry? Either the eight is, your kids don't light on Erev Shabbos, or they don't make a bracha. Or they light different candles, which burn longer. We just buy one box. Yeah, they, they have. That's a half an hour before Shkia, it's an hour. Yeah, 40 minutes before Shkia, they have 10 minutes. Now, that's the, that's the one then. The last thing is, and this is something which is well known, and that is even though Mekar Adin, uh, if the candles burn for half an hour, they already ate to the Hadlaka. But the, that was in the time of the Gemara, where the people only used to walk the streets for half an hour after Shkia. The Gemara says, and half an hour later, there was no one in the streets anymore. So there's no point in having longer candles because it's just a waste. No one's seeing it. Mashankin today, in most streets, especially busy streets, so if Shkia is a quarter to five, uh, maybe seven hours later, at quarter to twelve at night, the streets are still busy. And if that's the case, even though you don't have to do it, but it's possible. The longer that the nearest burn, the more pessimistic the person is doing because the more people are going to see the nearest. When we're buffering the mirror, and then outside the mirror, there's no night and there's no day. So we had an Adira which faced the street outside the mirror. So in Dasha and Rashi said, he wants to be Mahadir, make a candle burn all night. There'll be people seeing it the whole time. So the value, if a person wants to be Mahadir more, if a is, then the longer the, the, the candles burn, the more Pusuminus is generated. But it's not Mukhuiv enough. As long as it's burned for the minimum Shiv, which Khazal gave us, um, he's already out with that. Is, is a person allowed to put out the candles after this year? Is the Bilhav now allowed to put them out and uh, keep what's there for tomorrow night? So that's what a person intended to do. I'm only intend to burn my candle for half an hour, and burn my nearest half an hour, and then I'm intending to put the nearest out. What's the matter? There were yeshivas with a makbir on that. If they held that the boys were meant to light in the dormitory, they didn't want to leave candles burning in the dormitory. They held the sakhan. And they held the only bath burn the light of candles in the dormitory. Stay with them for half an hour, and they put them out. Because it's a sakhan. If it was, that's what they were worried about. If a person's leaving his house open, he's lighting the windowsill. In the case where his nearest aren't safe and no one's going out of the house, even today the post can say, put the candles out. Let them half an hour, you go to the midst and put them out. Obviously, if a person is a box or it's outside in a place where it's safe and there's no danger, so of course, the person can do more persimmonisa. But for whatever reason, there'd be an Indian not to keep the candles burning longer. If a person isn't mukhuf to let them burn as long as they're able to. Once he's near to the midst, he's allowed to put them out. Too. As long as he had in mind at the time. Yeah.